An ugly loss for the San Francisco 49ers in week seven. Christian McCaffrey's debut, uh, the defense showing some cracks. Croc, we even saw Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy at the end of this game, which usually things me- meant things go really well or really poorly. And 44-23 loss, I think we know which direction that one went for the 49ers. Immediate reactions, key plays, game balls, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock alongside Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is what we do, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. 43 Croc. I have a question. Okay. Did how impactful was the transaction of Christian McCaffrey. You had to go there. I was going to try to not go there because people already got mad at me during the game. I threw a little joke at the end about Christian McCaffrey yeah. scoring three touchdowns, and some folks don't want to hear it today. Uh, you had way. a thought, though. You're, you had a thought prior to the game, and we had thoughts. We had thoughts prior to the game on the uh, transition or transaction of a running back and the impact that that has on W's and I just wanted to hear your point of view on how that played out so far. Now, we're talking about a few days in, very early in the process. But how did the impact of a trade for Christian Caffrey with what you gave in, the money that you gave up, with that, it, with that eventually will mean for players that you can retain, how did that look in this game? the one thing I will say is McCaffrey didn't play enough for his impact to be fully felt. And he did look good, Okay, but I still maintain what I maintained after the trade was made is that run and long before the trade was made. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I don't think running backs add enough to W's and L's to for resources to be spent heavily there. And I think we saw what that was today because what is a really good running back going to do for the 49ers? If the other team scoring 44 points. And, and so I think that was my point. That's and, and I don't think that I don't think we ever anticipated a team scoring 44 points, but just in the scenario of what the 49ers really needed, right? Like in the sense of giving up that type of capital. And I did have somebody respond to a message and say, Oh, you know, doesn't matter what the draft picks get you gave up, or doesn't matter the, the draft capital, etc. But just in the sense of the impact of a running back, because essentially that's what he is. He's a running back. Obviously, he can catch the ball at the backfield. I did hear a stat heading into this game that he had more receptions than any other uh, pass catcher on the San Francisco 49ers. So that is definitely impactful, but just in the sense of how that changes the outcome of a game and what's been going on with the 49ers, what you gave up, and what you potentially might lose in the process of acquiring Christian McCaffrey I just wanted to, you know, just see what your your thoughts were on what it initially looked like. 
Yeah, and I mean, so many comments in the chat here about different things. We're going to get into all of these topics here. Um, it, to me, this is the big takeaway with Christian McCaffrey. Okay, look, you added a big-time weapon. Uh, when he has a full complement of, of touches on offense, maybe the offense is better. Maybe you play keep away. Maybe the game script goes different, and you have a better opportunity to win a football game. But if you're the 49ers and you are truly going in, like this was their message, hey, I love the aggressiveness. We're we're all in. We're all in to go win it. If you are the 49ers right now and you are all in, that means more moves are to come, right? Because adding weapons on offense was cool, but you're going to have to have you're going to have to get the best possible play from Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to have to help him have the best possible play with your offensive line and the playmakers, and you cannot give up 44 points on the other side of the ball. Interior defensive line is looking like a problem right now until Eric Armstead and Kinlock come back. Are they coming back? Will they ever be that for them this year? Um, into the future as well, there's big questions with free agency and you know Kinlaw's chronic knee injury. So you could make a long-term move at defensive tackle. Now you start to really deplete yourself. Do you have enough left to go make a move like that, right? Um, and so – uh, cornerback could potentially become a problem. Um, I, I want to start there actually, Croc, really quick with you because looking at this game, one of the big plays in the game, and I've seen a few folks uh try to figure out what was happening there. I am not a defensive or cover guy guru as you are, Croc. What happened on the big play to Marquez Valdez Scantling? That felt like one of the biggest back back breaking plays in this game. Uh, it looked like he expected to have safety help over the top, and he did not. Is that what it looked like to you? What do you think was going on there in that big Marquez Valdez scantling catch over Charverius Ward? Because Charverius Ward's supposed to be the guy you're not worried about on the 49ers. So in my opinion, what it looked like was cover four. And you had a third and long situation. You have cover four. And in cover four, essentially, at a certain point, it turns into mad coverage. So when you have a defensive back that's playing off, which, again, we have identified as that is not the strength of Traverius Ward. Playing off coverage is not the strength of Traverius Ward. When you watch Traverius Ward, and he was at his best with Kansas City Chiefs, he was a man-press cornerback. He followed and shadowed receivers all over the field. That was his strength. Playing off coverage, even if you have third and 15 yards, that is not where you're going to see him at his best. So what it looked like to me was I saw a too-high safety shell. Again. What it looked like originally, just watching it on the the screen. You had two high safety. You had, I think it was Hufunga to his side. You had uh, Traverse Ward playing in the off safety position. And you had a a receiver, the number two receiver, uh, push up and inside to where that's going to catch the eyes of of Talanoa Hufunga. And he drove down on that. And then that means that you have one-on-one coverage pretty much on the outside with Traverius Ward against Valdez Scantling. Now, where I think that Traverius Ward was wrong is he kept his eyes on the quarterback too long. Don't read the quarterback, read the guy. So, and I always tell my receiver, I mean, my defensive backs, you run faster looking straight ahead than you do looking back. As he broke upfield and he and it was clear that the receiver was committed to pushing upfield, he was looking back. You're gonna run slower doing that. All right. And that allowed the receiver to gain another two, three steps on him, pushing vertical. So that's just my opinion on on just that aspect of it. But the bigger issue I guess I have with that is Traverius Ward 
is not an off man coverage guy. Even if it's something that eventually will turn into man, he's a press man corner, and that is where he works at his best. And he was not in that situation on that specific play. The 49ers got whooped up front, and I think that was the key number one to this game. It was the reason the 49ers lost this game. Finally, you saw a little bit later, uh, Drake Jackson got through, and Nick Bosa got through. You know, and obviously Bosa's not a problem, but um, when you can't, when you don't have consistent pressure, you're not putting pressure on the opposing team's quarterback and you're not keeping your linebackers clean. It's going to make their life more difficult. It's going to make the defensive backs life more difficult. I think that's really what we saw in this game. If you want to point to the linebackers being bad, they're the same guys, but the line was the line play in front of them was worse, which makes their job more difficult. And I think you say the exact same thing about the defensive backfield, even though there are some injuries in the defensive backfield, but I'd be worried if I was John Lynch right now and I was on the horn to any team about anything, I'm worried about that defensive line and that interior of the defensive line because what was once a strength coming into the season, it, it's uh, it's it's very thin inside, and that's the first thing you got to do something about because you got to pressure the quarterback and you got to stop the run. Right now, the 49ers defensive line isn't doing much um, with either one of those aspects uh, over the last two weeks. Much different, and it makes it look like it makes them look like a completely different unit from what we saw in the first five weeks of the season. One big question I'm seeing a lot of is how much of this blame do you put on Jimmy Garoppolo? How much blame do you put on Kyle Shanahan or D'Amico Ryans? This is the first time we've seen some finger pointing towards D'Amico Ryans, and I've seen a lot of it today after this loss. We're going to get into that, uh, maybe a little bit more about Christian McCaffrey and just put our scouting hats on and how he looked, take away the, the trade aspect of the thing. How did he look in a 49ers uniform and Brock Purdy making an appearance in this game? We'll give out some game balls today. I think there's some worthy game balls uh, as well from week seven coming up next this episode in part brought to you by prediction strike the world's first sports stock market you can now invest in professional athletes that's right just like stocks it's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand so if you invest in let's say if you invested in jalen hurts a year ago You'd be up 48.2% right now. Uh, Kyle Pitts is down 44.1% after struggling to start the year. So you look at that. Is that an opportunity to buy low because you think he's phenomenally uh, talented? Or do you think that maybe he was overrated coming into all of this? Maybe the Atlanta Falcons made a huge mistake drafting a tight end number four overall. Best part is all the athletes benefit too. Well, the best part is that you can benefit. But the second best part is that all athletes benefit to and are entitled to a percentage of their market cap. Unlike sports betting companies, athletes get paid based on uh, how they're performing here in their prediction strike markets. Download the prediction strike app and use code LOCKED. That is one word LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction strike will choose one person who signs up with code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive those Josh Allen shares or some of those uh, very exciting, uh, super valuable shares like the quarterback that the 49ers played in week seven. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. Whether you're looking to pop the question, maybe you have a milestone to celebrate, or you want to your, let your love sparkle. Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional jewelers. My favorite part of Blue Nile is that 
they can help you because I'm terrible at figuring out what kind of gift to buy when I'm trying to find something for a special woman in my life, whether you're trying to take your relationship to the next level, pop the biggest question, or maybe you just want to buy something for mom. There is jewelry experts on hand 24 seven available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's Blue Nile, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Uh, I've been on there. Croc has been on there, hosted by our buddy Peter Bukowski from the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports, not just football, all sports. Go beyond the scoreboard from behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Fire Kyle Shanahan crock is something I've seen multiple times already in the chat. Where do you, do you pick, do you place blame for this specific game for the entire 49ers season now under 500 at three and four on the coaching staff? Do you point at D'Amico Ryan and say, this was horrible. How do you let Miko Hardman do what he did to you? I understand Patrick Mahomes, but Miko Hardman, that kind of stuff can't happen. Um, Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing out there? How do you let and whatever happen? You know the the, the play calling, um, the third down play calls, the 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 red zone stuff. Do you point at the coaches because I'm seeing a lot of folks and look, this is immediate. This is right after the game. There might be a cool down period needed for some of these things. You firing coaches after this one, Croc? I have been in a situation where it it, it wasn't great. And you had to just figure out, what do we do from here? Now, remember the, the head coach saying, heads got to roll. Now, he wasn't specifically talking about his own, own head. And really what he's saying is, w- when you're losing like this, there has to be some changes. And we've looked at the 49ers, right? You look at their losses. The Bears game, that was a bad loss. The Seahawks game, another bad loss. You look at some of the things that they've done, and they've been in they've been in games, and you always can look at situations where it's like, man, they should have won if they would have just done this different. I do think that that falls on Kyle Shanahan. It is tough to put all the blame on Kyle Shanahan because you kind of understand he's not working with a full deck of hands, but when you go in and you say, you know what, it's not us. It's not the quarterback situation or the running back situation or the offensive line. Actually, it is a running back situation, and that's why we're going to go and give up a ton to go and get Christian McCaffrey. Maybe we haven't given it the opportunity to see the fruits of that labor and how it could potentially play out. But overall, I do think that this falls on Kyle Shanahan because he's trying to figure it out, and he hasn't yet. When you lose like this, I know a lot of fingers are going to be pointed at D'Amico Ryans, but D'Amico Ryans, even in losses, has done a masterful job. We watched this team against the Denver Broncos give up nine points. We watched this team give up very minimal uh, points to opposing teams and give this this offense an opportunity to win, and they could not do it. There will be a letdown defensively at some point. Is your offense good enough to overcome that? It wasn't good enough last week, and it wasn't good enough this week. 
I think as it pertains to Kyle Shanahan and how we view him, I'm a little bit stuck down on him right now because he was supposed to be the offensive guru. He's supposed to be the guy that can really change the forecast of everything that's going on offensively. And right now, I'm I'm not seeing it. I am seeing a team that relies entirely on their defense to win them games. And if the defense does not show up, the offense has zero chance to win the games. I do think that falls directly on the shoulders of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I agree. You stock down, sure, and that's totally fair. And whatever happens with your franchise, you have to point to whoever's at the top making the decisions. And especially when things that seem to be letting you down most of the time is the offensive side of the ball, and, and that's his specialty. Fire Kyle Shanahan, I mean, that's not even a, an option. That's an off-season conversation. I don't think his seat really even gets warm until next year. Um, and a lot still for his career, his coaching career is going to base, with the 49ers at least, is going to be based on what happens with now Christian McCaffrey into the future, but especially with the quarterback that they spent so much to get. those, you know, All those resources put into those two spots, you know, is, um, is Trey Lance the next dynamic quarterback in the NFL and unstoppable with – Christian McCaffrey next to him next year, right? That's going to be the expectation. And um, that's when seats get hot. If that doesn't look like that, I think in 2023 this year, look, it was a good team. I, I think this is the right take. Uh, shout out to Alex who says this game would be a lot easier to stomach. Good Kansas city team. If we took care of business against inferior teams like Chicago and Denver. And I 100% agree with that. Like the 49ers could have been six and zero coming into this. And it's like, Oh, well, there's one hiccup against a team that might be in the super bowl. Who knows in, in, in Kansas city. Now you still want to play better against those teams. If you think you're going to win a super bowl, you have to be able to beat teams that are also might be in the super bowl. Right. And the 49ers after this game, I did not feel like they were in the tier anywhere near the tier that the Kansas city chiefs are in. Did you feel that way? Croc? Like, do you think if they, like if they, you know, there's a couple of things that bounce funny, they run it back. The Niners are going to beat them next time. I don't get that vibe. No, and I think that was my tough problem problem with this game. I think heading into the game, we were very, uh, you know, we we kept it real, right? With incisionally, kind of how the how the how it felt, and we kind of played into the fans just a little bit in the sense of, hey, you know what? Let's look at this from an optimistic uh, perspective. And I think heading into the game, and I was talking to my boy, like, man, you know, up until Sundays, I am very, you know, the analyst as a percentage of the 49ers. Come Sunday, I am a, I'm super fan, right? Because I've been a fan since I can remember, you know, pretty much all my life. And when you watch something like that, it's, extre- it's extremely difficult to try to remove the, uh, the analyst part or the fan part and watch it from just an analytic- analyst uh, standpoint. That was really difficult for me, especially watching that game. And I don't know. I, I see a lot of frustration with the fans, and I think I'm just as frustrated as them right now. So it's a little bit harder for me to give, like, uh, the the analyst aspect to it. Maybe tomorrow I'd be better at that, but right now it's, it's probably a little bit harder for me. I mean, the fans were so hyped when Christian McCaffrey was running on the field too, you know, and then you could just feel it. And the air was let out of the building at some point late in that game when there was so much, such a positive vibe with, uh, with Christian McCaffrey, who looked good, right, Croc? Eight of uh, eight carries for 38 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Um, I think my favorite, he had a couple catches for 24 yards as well. I think my favorite thing I saw from Christian McCaffrey in this game, first of all, he was hyped and he was pumped. He was running so hard at the beginning of that game. Uh, He's running hard late too, but at the beginning, you could tell at the beginning, you could tell there's a little bit something extra on the, the touchdown pass that Jimmy Garoppolo threw to McLeod. uh, 
Christian McCaffrey ran just a little out in the flats on that. He ran that route at warp speed. I've never seen a human being run a route faster. Like it looked like, you know, when you, um, like a computer, like a Madden glitch, he was like just full speed on this out. It's like, Oh my God, like he can keep his speed. That's what was really impressive. And I think when I talked about, um, Chris McCaffrey maybe losing a step. I think his top speed, like he's not going to break these Raheem Mostert like long runs. He was four four eight coming out of college. I think he's also, he he plays four fives top speed. He gets up to that four five speed fast though, and he maintains it in and out of his breaks. And I think that's what's excited about him in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, both as a route runner in the passing game, and we saw it inside on a couple of runs. Like he's close to breaking everything because he's got such good vision, nowhere knows where to go, and he can get to that speed quickly. Uh, very similar to Debo Samuel. Hey, uh, Peacock, do you remember when college football used to do the Pontiac game-changing performance? Do you remember that? That sounds vaguely familiar. Okay, so so college football, right, you'd be watching the game. It was on ESPN or whatever, and there would be, like, a moment where they say, this is the Pontiac game-changing performance. Like, like, just play the game that changed how the game was going to turn out. And I think for the NFL version of that, this game right here, it was the interception in the red zone for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers lucked up. They got a muffed punt. And now you receive the ball inside the 10-yard line or wherever it was. And you follow that up with an interception. So not only do you, uh, you know, yeah, there were no more points on the board for the defense, but that was a missed opportunity to put points on the board for the offense. And I think that was a huge opportunity for offense. And that really changed the dynamic of a game. You could see at that point, the 49ers defense was kind of holding on where it was like, man, this offense we're going up against, this is extremely difficult for us at this very moment. So offense, can you help us a little bit? And you got a gift from the special teams unit. Shout out to uh, Samuel Womack who recovered the uh, muffed punt, but, you rewarded the special teams unit by throwing the interception. And that was extremely difficult for this team. And again, that didn't result in points for the Kansas City Chiefs, but it resulted in zero points for the 49ers in a situation where that should have been a big advantage to you. You were looking, if you are the offense that you want to be, you get seven in that opportunity. They did not. They got zero. And that changed a big dynamic of this game. That was that was the biggest play of the game. That was the game changer right there. The 49ers should have gone into halftime with a lead. Especially when you're going up against an offense like Kansas City. You can hold on for as long as you can. We saw this in the Super Bowl, right? What happened in the Super Bowl? The 49ers held them to 10 points, heading really midway through the fourth quarter. And then mm. all of a sudden, you give up 21 points. So you know what this offense is capable of, even without Tyreek Hill? They can put up points in bunches. So you have to do everything you can to make sure that that doesn't happen, including scoring offensively when you are gifted a great uh, opportunity. And I did not think they did that. Yeah, and Wick says Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's the difference. Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes both have maybe two, let's call it, they each had two turnover-worthy throws in this game. But Mahomes can make so many big plays and can come at you in a wave and overcome it. The 49ers can't with Jimmy G at quarterback, right? And you're not going to come back three scores down with just the running game. I will say this, though, Peacock. It, I don't even think it was so much that, oh, man, Mahomes is just so great. Which, Yeah, he made some throws. 
Mm-hmm. I think it was on this day, Andy Reid and Bienemy were better than D'Amico Ryan's. So if that's the case, all right, Kyle Shanahan, I need you to be the guy that we pay all this money to with all these weapons, with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk, who did very well, and uh, Christian McCaffrey and Jeff Wilson. Let's not forget Jeff Wilson in this scenario. If they're going to do that offensively and they're going to have their day, they're going to be better than your defensive coordinator, we pay you a lot of money, Kyle, to at some point be better than them. And we are yet in three games now. The game that was 35-0 or whatever it was at halftime um, early on in Kyle Shanahan's tenure, the Super Bowl, and now this game, we are yet to see Kyle look like a better play caller and a more prepared offense than what you're getting from the Kansas City Chiefs. We have not seen that yet. And that and that and that's tough. That's tough on the defense when you're playing against that caliber of an offense. I think we will give out some game balls, but first I want to let the folks out there know about Prize picks, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. How does it go? It's super easy. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Next week, I have a feeling, Christian McCaffrey, you're going to want to pick his more than stats than whatever the projections are at prize picks. He's going to be used heavily in this offense. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. So no big pool of sharks you're playing against. You just look at the projections and say, hey, this player's not going to come close to putting up that many yards, or this player is going to go way over that. Um, prize picks offers projections on any sport too. It's not just NFL. We're talking about college hoops, uh, college football, PGA. Uh, we've got soccer, WNBA, esports motorsports, combat sports, disc golf, even cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is super easy, and withdrawals are fast and safe. And currently, Price Picks is operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Peacock, okay. hold on. Yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Sure. We get started. Mm-hmm. This game is not solely on Kyle Shanahan. I know I'm putting a lot on his plate, but we have seen D'Amico Ryans be excellent and still you lose the game. Why can't at some point we look at a game and say, you know what? The defense was not good at all. But Kyle did his thing, and we were able to win because of Kyle Shanahan. Why is there never that type of conversation? Kyle Shanahan has not, for for the credit he gets, and I do believe he's a good coach, and he's a really smart guy and a good offensive coach. But for the credit he gets, where has that been that? Where's that Kyle Shannon? Because like a lot of people love stuff that he designs and you'll see it on Twitter. You'll see a, a breakdown on a on a national TV show where one of the film gurus is like, oh, I love this design from Kyle Shanahan, did this and that. And this guy's wide open. Love that. But where's the flex? Like those are fine plays. Where's the flex game from Kyle Shanahan where he goes head to head with somebody's like, you just got out coached and we just torched your ass. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. 
And I feel like that's got to happen sometimes if you are that good of an offensive coach, especially you go up against Bill Belichick and you torch him for 35 points. You know, you go up against Andy right. Reid, they put up 44, you put up 44, that kind of a game. Those games don't happen for Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers uh, honor the 2012 team. And I believe it was either 2012 or maybe even 2013 when the San Francisco 49ers went up in East Coast to the uh New England Patriots, and it was a shootout. Essentially, ended up being a shootout between the 49ers and the New England Patriots, right? And it was a combination of offense and defense, but it was a big part of the offense picking up the defense, where it's like, okay, you're playing against Tom Brady, you're playing against, uh, against a team that can be very high-powered. We're going to do everything in our power offensively to help you out. Where is that balance with this team right now, we have not seen that. And when you're paying a coach and he's an offensive guru and he's this, that, and the other, and he trades for Christian, Christian McCaffrey, and I know it's early on, and I'm kind of being a little, I guess, uh, emotional about it because I said, I'm going to talk on this podcast like it's you and me. Like if, if me and, let's say we got Dennis Calhoun in the chat right now. If me and Dennis Calhoun were talking in the chat, I would talk to him like this, right? Where is that offense? Where's the offense that when defense, you're having a down moment, I am going to pick you up and I'm going to help you out. Whether that's getting first down to keep drives going, where is that offense? We have not seen that version of the offense this year when it was needed. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's totally fair. And that's not saying got to fire this guy, got to fire this guy, got to bench that guy. But you're looking around like, where is it? Where's that game? Where's that elevation? I want to see more of that. I want to see any of it in some cases. And like, if the answer is like, oh, we got to run the ball better, that's not a good enough answer to me, Croc. Is that a good enough answer or, to you? Or offensive line. And, you know, I know I see the offensive line. I see uh, Trent Williams. He's our guy, Trent Williams, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. He gives up a sack, it results in a safety. And everybody's going, oh, Trent Williams is snack. And it's like, well, okay, that's a bad play. But figure it out, offense. Figure it out. And they just can't. It, it's, it's very difficult because I know that every game isn't going to go exactly as you plan. You can draw up the diagrams and, hey, this is our game plan defensively and offensively. It's not going to go as planned. But can you overcome some of those issues, and I look at these games early on and how the defense is played. The offense didn't have their back. We look at this game, and I'm not saying the offense was trash, but they clearly weren't even close to good enough to being able to keep up with an offense that we knew. We knew that this offense, it can be very high-powered, and it can be very difficult to stop. And we know Andy Reid, when you talk about the top play callers in the league, he is at the very top, right? Like, Andy Reid is at the top. So you need your offense to be able to help them out. And it's just, it's not there. It's not there, Peacock. And that is tough. And, and as, so when we, you add a Christian McCaffrey, my question is, well, okay, you add Christian McCaffrey, but you're adding him to a group of players who we have identified. These guys are good. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who people say all he does is win. Well, that's already a really good group. And if you can't score with that group, okay, you add a running back. How much that does that incorporate to the wins 
And even moving forward, we're talking about four or five games down the line, how much difference does it make to have a Christian McCaffrey as it pertains to wins when at some point you need your offense to be able to carry you? It's it's tough. And, and now you hear my frustrations pour out a little bit. I'm being a little bit more. Again, I said, uh, I'm going to talk like it's me and these people and, and the people in the chat and our folks on Twitter. I'm going to talk like it's us talking in a, in a room. If you were next to me, and this is what it sounds like. It's very frustrating. It's tough. There, there are some holes in this 49ers football team. When things are going well, it's hard to see some of them. When things go poorly, you kind of see all of them. And that's what we got going on right now. It's the uh, it's the old uh, SVU TV show, right? When they put the black light on in the room, that's what happens in a game like this. You're like, oh, my God, okay, what happened here? You know, that's what the 49ers roster is right now. And you think it's this amazing, glistening roster. Uh, then you add Christian McCaffrey to it. Everyone's hyped. And this was the wrong team to run into the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, in week seven to take away all that goodwill. And now you start to see problems everywhere. Offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, uh, quarterback, coaches on both sides of the ball. I don't think the 49ers are as bad as they look today, but this was definitely an eye-opening moment for a lot of fans that maybe were uh, feeling a lot different about the overall football team just 24 hours ago. You said that it was an eye-opening game, you know, when you're you you know when you're looking at this team to get back on track. But I think it was more so an eye-opening game in the sense of the reality of where this team is right now. And they're 3-4 and four right now. And I don't want to hit the panic button. We saw this team 3-5 and five last year, and they went to the NFC Championship game. So there, there is that. Yeah, and they're half a game ahead, and they went to the NFC Championship right. game. So everybody remember that. That's what I lean on where it's like, all right, they will at some point figure it out. But there are some big issues and even more issues than that three and five team last year. They didn't lose the game that you expected them to win. They didn't lose to a Bears game. I get it. It got the monsoon going on. They didn't lose to that Broncos team when your defense only gives up nine points. They didn't lose. Like the, the losses – weren't as drastic as what we've seen so far. And right now, they're having to figure it out. We talked about an identity last year. What is the identity this year? And I don't think it's just being able to run the ball better. I think it is an identity in the sense of their philosophy as a team, as offense, defense. You have to figure it out. And Kyle Shanahan, and we talked about this, and people say, Croc, you're, you're being too dramatic. You're being too hard? No. Kyle Shannon is supposed to be an offensive guru. You got all these weapons. You got to figure it out when the defense can't carry you. Today, the defense could not carry you. Kyle, can you figure out a game where, you know what, offensively, we are going to carry the defense? I am yet to see that. We got to get out of here, Croc. Uh, Niner J laughing says, game balls? I got a game ball to give out, Croc. Uh, the game ball, the one and only game ball I have in this one, and this was an ugly game. This is a tough one to find game balls. I'm giving it to a running back, and his name is Jeff Wilson. Seven carries for 54 yards, 7.7 yards per carry. The 49ers went out and paid big time, so Jeff Wilson won't play. And he came out and said, I'm going to ball out anyway. Seven carries for 54 yards, 7.7 yards per carry versus Christian McCaffrey's 4.8 yards per carry. So I just want to shout out Jeff Wilson. He's a team guy. He was even kind of hyped that Christian McCaffrey was coming when he was interviewed in the locker room on Friday. Uh, 
I just like Jeff Wilson. I like the way he plays, and I thought he ran the ball extremely well in this game. He's going to be taking a back seat in the very near future. I don't know if he's going to see seven carries again in a game if Christian McCaffrey's healthy. But uh, I wanted to shout out Jeff Wilson because he looked good and he made some big plays. And you know, if Jeff Wilson was the only running back in this game, the 49ers uh, wouldn't have lost the game because of their running game because of who their running back was. I do want to give two game balls out. And I do think there are a couple guys that showed up. You talked about Jeff Wilson. And it's crazy. The game balls that we're giving out right now are to offensive guys. I'm giving out two. To one, to uh, uh, George Kittle, who I've talked about as not a big contested catch guy. But, man, he did a terrific job making catches in tight windows. And not just in tight windows. We're talking about touchdown catch. That was a contested catch as well. He did a really good job of that. And, and George Kittle, as we know, he's not a big uh, – touchdown catching type guy because I think he lacks in that contested catch area, but he did a terrific job today. And then Brandon Ayuk following up last week, he had a really, he had a, he had a solid game. I think some people said breakout game for uh, Brandon Ayuk. And he had like eight catches for 80 yards. I'm like, man, is that really a breakout game? It was a solid game for him, but I think he followed that up with another solid game, making the most of his opportunities. And it sucks that it didn't result in a win either week. But for him and George Kittle, I'd have to get both of them game balls, even though it did not result in a win. Good call on George Kittle. He had a really good game. Both On National Tight Ends Day, both Travis Kelsey and George Kittle had exactly six catches, both of them, for exactly 98 yards. But Kittle had the touchdown. Kelsey didn't. So George Kittle wins this round. And, of course, he blocks, and, and Kelsey doesn't. So congrats, George Kittle, for uh, winning the head-to-head matchup with your fellow tight end. Travis Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day. Oh, that's tough. I, I, did you see uh, Kyle Juszczyk do the? No, I missed that Juszczyk? one. He did the Kittle first down thing. Oh, yeah. He did it early in the game. I'd say maybe it was like the beginning of the second quarter, end of the first quarter. Whatever it was, he definitely did that. And I was like, man, I don't know if that's a – I don't think it's disrespect towards George Kittle because I think they really like each other and they do the tight end you with each other. But – I take that as disrespect. As somebody that is a, and I know, cover 49ers, wow. 49ers, all that stuff. But I took it as a little disrespect, even though I know it wasn't. I think that yeah. was um, a little bit more of paying homage to him on the uh, tight end day. Well, you check might not be doing that for a while. Did you see his finger? If you missed it, go back and watch the replay. So on the play where Kyle Juszczyk hurt his finger, he does a little stiff arm. It kind of gets caught up in... Um, I think it was Willie Gay's face mask. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was some player, some mm-hmm. defender's face mask. When you see Juszczyk come back, because they were trying to show it at the end and they show close up, but he's covering it with his hand. Go back and watch the actual play. Watch in slow motion after he gets his hand off of the player and puts it back on the football. His finger is 90 degrees in the wrong direction. Like it, it looks oh, like no. this. And he puts his finger he's back. He's going to look like uh, Brian Baldinger. It, it looks exactly like that. Yeah. It's, it's bad. So uh, I, I saw him grab his hand. But I did not see the actual finger. And, and it was clear. He went to the sideline. You see him bend over. You see them look at it. But I never at any point saw exactly what happened to his yeah. finger. You can and, see and it when they, when they show the replay in f- slow motion. You need to see the point where he puts his hand back on the ball. And you can really see it clearly just for a split second. Uh, I don't know if it's dislocated or broken. But something definitely going on there. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a little bit of time. So 49ers, very disappointing game all around. 44-23 loss in week seven to the Kansas City Chiefs. Full steam ahead with Christian McCaffrey. Maybe next week the 49ers can get back on track, get back to 500 before they have their own bye week coming up. And 
get things right in the second half of the season as they did last year and make a run. But right now, back to the lab for Kyle Shanahan, for D'Amico Ryans to figure out everything that's gone wrong. Maybe it's exactly the slap in the face this team needed to get ready to make a run in the 2022 season. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every single day. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.